And I go back to the, the series that I started on uh, on the book of, on the letters of John. And the last time I spoke about John was still in when we were in the school together physically. And we talked about uh, Second John, and we just started Second John. And uh, we looked at the first four verses. And um, I'm going to have to ask for some interaction. So if you want to pop some things in the in the chat box, uh, can anybody remember who the 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 letter of Second John was written to? If you if you can remember, just pop it in the chat box there. I will uh, read it out as well. So um, if anybody can, uh, if you can't remember, then you're welcome to cheat and quickly look it up. If you can find Second John, it's that one pager. Uh, if you have a physical Bible, just before Revelation. Any ideas? So the, the the letter of Second John was written to the the chosen lady, and we talked about who is this chosen lady, and one of the possibilities and the most likely one is that it's written to the bride of Christ, the lady who is the church, and even in the scripture that that Liesl read earlier, which is our, our theme scripture for today, uh, he talks about and now my dear lady meaning like uh, us as a church is the dear lady, the, the bride of Christ. And in those first four verses, we talked about how um, how truth and love is like at the core of this uh, of this letter. Uh, five times, in, it's only 13 verses, this whole letter, and five times it talks about truth and five times it talks about love and how we need to walk in truth. And that's where uh, I want to pick it up today in Second John 1 verse 4. And I'm going to hold this up so that uh, you can follow along instead of me trying to switch between um, between screens. So I hope you can see that. This is Second John 1. And we're going to read from verse 4 to 6. It says, It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth. And now, dear lady, I am not writing to you a new command, but one we've had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. Now, I've wondered for a long time, and that's a lesson for another time, but... Um, that how can we be commanded to love? Isn't love an emotion? And in verse six here, it very clearly says, well, this is love. Love is that we walk in obedience to his commands. And that's something to think about, that we are, we are commanded to love because it's possible to, to love for all of us. It is not some kind of emotion that we have to conjure up and it's like, well, you either love or you don't, or you don't love, and then you fall in love, or you don't fall in love. The kind of love that, that God talks about here is the kind of love that can be commanded because it's a, it's a choice that we make. But uh, what I do want to talk about today is about the way to walk. 
what does it mean when uh, when he says twice? He says we need to walk in obedience, and then he says we need to walk in love. Now, have you ever noticed that you can uh, that you can recognize someone by their walk? And uh, maybe you can respond in the chat box uh, if you've noticed that, and uh, if you have something to share. Uh, you can also pop it in the chat box. Um, even yesterday, uh, we left the house together, my Liesl and Lichelle and myself. And uh, Liesl and myself, myself, Lichelle and myself was going for a run, and Liesl was going for a walk. And uh, Lichelle and myself took one route, and Liesl took another route. And we went through the top of the park. We entered there and Liesl went a route that, that she went in at the middle, kind of the middle of the park in Cashbury Park. And as Lichelle and myself were running down the park in the distance, I saw someone walking. And I didn't have my, my glasses on. So I thought it looked like Liesl, but I wasn't quite sure. Um, but I looked at it and I said, I recognize the way she walks. And by the way she walked, I, I definitely thought, no, that's definitely Liesl, because I can see the way she walks. And it's amazing how recognizable it can be the way someone walks. Even once, uh, it's, it's interesting how, how it even characterizes, not us as individuals, but some kind of demographics can be recognized by the way we walk. Um, I remember once uh, I was preaching, after I preached a sermon, um, after the sermon, someone came up to me and uh, he said, uh, can I ask you something? And uh, I said, yeah, of course. Uh, I was expecting some question about the sermon or some, you know, some deep theological or Bible question. It's like, oh, I love questions. I love answering questions and, and learning myself through questions that people ask. And I was quite surprised, but uh, because the question he asked me says, oh, did you do martial arts? Maybe, did you do judo or something? And I, I was like, oh, that's not quite the question I expected. But I said, well, why do you ask that? He said, no, I, I looked at the way you walked onto the stage and the way you stand. And, you know, I've, I'm doing martial arts and I do judo. And I thought, wow, you look like someone who, do, who does that. And I, I was actually, when he said that, I wasn't surprised because I, I notice that as well. I, I I sometimes sit and I you know I sit at a cafe or sit looking at people walking by in the street or and and you can recognize something about people about the way they walk and maybe you've recognized that maybe you've seen that um, that it's not just uh, uh, individuals but but also certain demographics maybe by the kind of sport that they do or Maybe you've noticed, maybe it's with age, you can see someone is older by the way they walk. Maybe you can, I, I can recognize, well, some may dispute this, but, but I reckon I can recognize to a fair degree of accuracy certain nations because Londoners definitely have a certain way of walking. And, and I, sit, I sit sometimes in London and, and the Dutch have a, day, a way of walking. Someone walks, I can see them coming and I, and I said, that that's definitely a Dutch person, and maybe sometimes they're walking two together, and as they walk past, I can hear them speaking Dutch. And like, and yeah, I knew that. Um, 
my people, South Africans, have, have a way, a certain way of walking, and 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 which you can just recognise if you look at it. And you, it's like I know the way, I know that way of walking. That person is, it, it characterises him or her. Um, I remember when I first saw the trailer for for the movie Long Walk to Freedom, and uh, it, it had a shot of the guy playing Nelson Mandela, kind of walking away. And I looked at that and I was like, that's not a South African actor because that guy walks like a Londoner. And then later on, I, towards the end of the trailer, I recognized, oh, it's Idris Elbow's, Idris Elbow's playing, uh, playing Mandela. And it's like, he doesn't walk like a South African, he walks like a Londoner. But uh, we, we can recognize a way of walking. Um, so what does it mean when Chonya says, when he talks about we need to walk, we need to walk in love, we need to walk in obedience, uh, we need to walk in truth? Um, it comes from a Greek wor word called, uh, that is peripateo, and it, it literally comes, it's in two parts, peri, which is around, more comprehensively around, like in we have the perimeter, uh, like walking around an area, and pateo is to walk. So literally, it's walking around, peri pateo. Or you know, if you like in South Africa in the April lockdown, where they were not even allowed to walk outside, like we are in the UK, like walking around your patio, peri pateo. Um, but it's, a, it's it's really about walking around is how we walk around how we live our lives how we behave how we conduct ourselves how we live life and what's interesting in in the new testament it's often translated like that um it's more than 50 times after the gospel and acts which often talk about walk where the layman was commanded to get up and walk but uh, in the letters uh, in Romans, Corinthians, Galatia, Galatians, Ephesians, in Peter, all through the letters um, after the Gospels and Acts, um, this word peripateo appears more than 50 times. And in the more modern translations, like the NIV, it is translated in all kinds of different ways, like, like live and life and behave and conduct and how you act, etc. But it all is how you walk. And if you read a more literal translation, it, it would say about how you walk. Like in Romans 6, when it talks about baptism, it says through baptism, literally it says that you, through baptism, you will walk in the newness of life. Um, Romans 8 verse 4 talks about we need to walk according to the Spirit. In Romans 14, it, it, it says we need to walk according to love. In Corinthians, well-known scripture, we said, uh, it talks about how we need to live by faith. It literally says we walk by faith. Galatians 5.16, the NIV says live by the Spirit, but literally it says we need to walk by the Spirit. Um, and so it carries on. There's, there's many examples in the New Testament where it talks about the way we should walk. Now, there is a way to walk, and there's a way not to walk. Have you ever been in trouble for not walking the right way? If anybody wants to pop something in the chat box, uh, or if you just want to pop, say, I have something to say, we can unmute you and, and you, can, you can share a story. 
you think you can be in trouble or have you been in trouble for not walking the right way? Dislocated her elbow. When you walk the wrong way on an escalator as a child because you think it's fun. Uh, <laughs> indeed, yeah, when you walk along a, a, a wrong way on an escalator, yes, that is fun. Not only you think it's fun, it is fun. Um, in boarding school, we're told off for dragging our feet, yes. Yeah, yeah. Pick up your feet, don't drag your feet like that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a well-known story. Little Red Riding Hood, she got into trouble for walking the wrong way, for taking the, the long way. Um, I remember when I was, I was at a conference in Singapore, and Singapore is a, is a, is a city, country city. Um, Leon Watkins says, I had physio for many years for my walking. Well, that's interesting. Um, if you walk in a, in a, in a kind of a not, not balanced way, it can cause all kinds of back problems. Uh, Simon Palmer says walking in a train tunnel. Oh, that's not a good, not a good idea. Yes. <laughs> um, I remember when I was in uh, when I was in Singapore for a conference. Uh, we did a um, we did a, a, a walking tour of the city with a local guide. Now Singapore is a city with lots of rules and. Um, and, and the regulations is a very well regulated and organized society, but some of them are very strict. Uh, like if, um, uh, so, so jaywalking in Singapore is you know, very strict on that. And this guy was taking us on this walking tour <clears throat> and he was a local guide. And then at some point, there was like a very long distance between two crossings to get across the road. And he literally just, the, the road was very quiet. So he took, the whole group of us just in the middle, like between two crossings, he just took us across the road and said, oh, we'll just cut through here to get into a park. And as we got to the other side, uh, a policeman just popped out of nowhere and he stopped the whole group. And eventually he spoke to the tour guide, he took him aside, and then you could see he was writing him a, a fine. And he got fined for walking in the wrong place. Um, and so, so, you know, there's a way not to walk and there's a place not to walk and it can get you into trouble. Um, there's a, <laughs> I see there's a little interaction between Leia and Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Dawn Burke, uh, Deputy Principal or Principal. It says, uh, yeah, if you walk on the wrong side of the corridor to school, it causes a pileup. <laughs> and Leia says, yeah, because you are strict. Um, not walking the, the right way can get us into trouble. And it sometimes has, has consequences. Uh, when I was doing my military training, we had to learn to march. And you have a, you know, you have a whole, whole platoon of 30 people that need to learn to march in step. And everybody, every time someone gets out of step, they mess up the whole marching of the platoon. And then we would, we would get some punishment. And the corporal would say, ah, oh, you bunch are useless. You can't even walk in step. And uh, off you go. And you have to run to a tree and do 20 push-ups and come back and do 50 push-ups. Just for not walking the right way. There's a way to walk and there's a, a way not to walk. And... The Bible tells us um, in Psalm 1, verse 1, let me just uh, put my scripture up there. In Psalm 1, verse 1, it's, it says that, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. 
Now that's a way not to walk, is not in step with the wicked. And in the New Testament, in Colossians 3, in verse 7 and 8, he talks about, he talks to the Christians and he reminds them of their previous life before they decided to walk the right way. And he says, yeah, you, you used to walk in these old, in these ways, these, you know, the old ways in the life you once lived. Uh, literally, you used to walk in these ways, in the, in, in the way you used to walk. And then in verse 8, he says, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. And these things that he mentions here, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language, it's got nothing to do with the physical way we walk, but it's about the way we behave. And he says, you know, that is not the way to walk. Uh, and all of these things, if we think about it, if we walk like this, if we walk in anger, if we walk in rage, if we walk with slander, it has consequences, just like if we don't walk the way we're supposed to walk. And uh, the, the promise of God is, is, you know, we even bless it if we don't walk in step with the wicked. So just like there's a right way to walk, there's also a way not to walk. And, is to, and the way not to walk is to rid ourselves of these things that is not walking in love like, uh, like we commanded. So what is the way to walk? Um, there are various, various ways to walk. Uh, I think one of the most important things for us is to walk in the promises of God. And it's incredible. If you go through the Psalms, it is full of of walking in the promises of God. There's even a, a song that we sing that talks where we sing about oh, walking in the promises of God. Um, there's some great promises about how God will walk with us, how he will encourage us and strengthen us if we walk with him. In Jeremiah 6 verse 16, let me just get my scriptures up there. And in Jeremiah 6 verse 16, it says, this is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Psalm 23, verse 4, a very well-known psalm, says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And if we walk in the promises of God, we can find peace in our heart, we can find comfort, we can find encouragement in that. And if we walk with God, we walk in the promises of God, um, we can know that God walks with us while we walk that path. And sometimes we really, really need that. Um, you know, th these are some, some, some challenging times and people are going through, through tough situations um, and are losing loved ones. Uh, and, and, and Barry's mum passed away. And, and even in normal times, that is very challenging. It's challenging to, to lose a close family member. It's, it's challenging to lose one of your parents. 
and, and having to, to organize a funeral and bury them. In normal times, it's challenging. How much more so in, in these times where it's so, so much more difficult to arrange anything, there's so many rules, what you can do, what you cannot do, who can come, who cannot come, and, and you, you, you have to kind of still keep your social distancing at a time when all you need is just a hug from someone. Um, these are, are challenging times. And, and whatever it is that discourages you or, or, or uh, weighs you down, um, like Joe prayed, and even for myself this week, I've, I've been job hunting this week, and, and it's just kind of difficult when you know that you can't go out, you can't go see people. Uh, everywhere they say, you know, we'll be slow to respond, please be patient, and uh, interviews will all be remote, and um, which I find quite quite challenging because I like to, in the interview, to sit down and build a rapport and, and a connection with someone. And, uh, and, and, you know, whatever it is that that may discourage you and you feel like, oh, I've had enough, I can't take this anymore, or, um, you know, that, that you feel like, yeah, if I, I'm having a down day, another down day, or down week, or, you know, I am definitely not made out to be a teacher, and we'll all be grateful, more and more grateful for uh, for the teachers as we send our kids back to school. What God promises us here is that when we walk with him, he says we will find rest for our souls and we will find comfort. And if you feel like that, and if you have felt like that, and you feel like that in this coming week, um, you know, I want to encourage you to, to walk with God. Walk with God to find the comfort and the strength and the support and the encouragement that we all need at, uh, at times like this. Now, it's amazing if you start searching the scriptures about the way to walk, how the, the Old Testament is full of it. It is just, there's like hundreds of scriptures about the way to walk. Um, the kings in, in the Old Testament are all called to walk faithfully before God. Abraham, Noah, uh, all commended for walking faithfully before God. We are called to walk in love. We are called to walk in faithful obedience. Um, in the Psalms, there's more than, more than 40 scriptures that talks about how we should walk in the strength of the Lord. Uh, in the prophets, it's full, full of how, how, how we will walk in the strength of the Lord. Isaiah talks about we will walk and not be faint when we walk with God. Uh, we are called to walk in wisdom. Many proverbs talk about walking in wisdom. Uh, in the New Testament, we are called to walk in the Spirit. We are called to walk by the Spirit. Jesus calls us to walk in the light. Um, Jesus calls us to walk in his footsteps. And when we follow him, when he calls us to follow him, he really calls us to walk like he did, to, to follow step by step in his footsteps. 
in First uh, John two verse six, it says that the one who says he, he he resides in God ought himself to walk as Jesus walked. So what is the conclusion of, of it all is that uh, when we call to walk in obedience, when we call to walk in truth, we call to walk in love. It's really all about reflecting on life and saying, how am I supposed to live my life? And Micah summed it up in, in Micah 6 verse 8. And I love the scripture about the way to walk. Micah 6 verse 8, he, he says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. You know, I think Micah doesn't hold back when he says, He has shown you, O mortal. Um, you know, times like this when when we pray for people's very lives and, and, and not just unknown people, people that we know. Many of us prayed for Douglas Harvey when he was in, in ICU fighting for his life and the doctors gave him a 10% chance and said he's, he's close. They're not sure if he's going to make it. And when when people close to us that we know start uh, being being challenged in their very lives by the virus and by this pandemic that's spreading and we start hearing people dying and hearing it's not just some statistic somewhere but people that we know we are reminded of our own mortality and that uh, that we are mortal beings and Micah says yeah oh mortal man God has shown you he reminded you that you are mortal so think about that. Think about when you're mortal. How should you walk? How should you live? What does what does the Lord require of you? He says, well, it requires you to walk humbly with your God. You know, if we walk in all these ways that we call to walk, in the spirit, in wisdom, uh, in love, in truth, in obedience, if we walk humbly with God, how will people recognize our walk? You know, just like if you you can recognize someone's walk when you see them walking at a distance, or you may recognize someone as a, oh, he walks like a Londoner, or he walks like a Dutchman, or he walks like an African or a South African. If we live our lives and we walk in humbly with our God, it should be noticeable. And when people look at our lives, what will they see in the way we walk? Will it be recognizable? Will it be characteristic? Say, oh yeah, that must be someone who walks humbly with his God. It is amazing how we can spot that sometimes. Um, Lisa and myself were in, in Harare in Zimbabwe once, and we were on holiday and we didn't plan it because we were somewhere outside, actually, outside Arare. And we decided, let's go to church. And we drove in an hour into Arare. Uh, we couldn't find the church. We couldn't find out where they were meeting. And I can't remember the story if they moved or we didn't have the address or anything. But eventually we, we said, well, let's just drive around because it's not a big place. It must be around here somewhere. 
and maybe we see something or we see someone. And as we were driving around, we saw two guys with Bibles. And as they were walking along and talking to each other and, and it looked like they were walking and praying, and then they stopped and they talked to someone next to the road and they opened their Bibles. And we said, you know what, the way those guys work, they must be disciples because they walk like disciples. So we stopped, we pulled over and I asked him, oh, do you go to the Harare Church of Christ? And uh, do you know where it is? I'm like, yeah, we're on our way there. You can follow us. And and uh, and we followed them. And, and, and that's how we found the church in Harare. But just by just looking around and seeing how people walked. I want to encourage all of us to think about the way we walk. If we walk humbly with our God, that we will eventually have a recognizable walk. Jesus himself also walked. In fact, Jesus walked a lot. Um, he walked uh, everywhere between everywhere he went, from city to city, from town to town, all over Judea and Galilee and, and, and Israel. Uh, he even walked on water. Um, he was walking when he called Simon and Peter along the Sea of Galilee. He was walking when he called Levi, the tax collector, to follow him. Um, we read that he was walking in the temple courts, teaching and preaching. Um, even after his resurrection, he revealed himself to the disciples, walking with them on the road to Emmaus. Uh, we read in the Revelation that he walks among the golden lampstands. But the most challenging walk I think that Jesus walked was walking to his own death. We read in John 19, verse 17, said that carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. Jesus chose willingly to walk to his own death. They didn't have to drag him there, bound it, bind it up, uh, screaming, kicking, resisting. He picked up his cross and, and at some point it was too heavy for him and because of his suffering already and, and being beaten and flogged, he fell down and that. Uh, calling Simon of Cyrene to carry his cross. But then we see in Luke actually that it says that Simon followed him carrying his cross. So even walking to his death and his crucifixion, Jesus led the way. And he was, he was walking in front with Simon of Cyrene carrying his, uh, his, his cross behind him. We're about, we're going to have communion now. And as we have communion and uh, think about the crucifixion, uh, reflect on, on the forgiveness of sins that we receive through that, where the, the blood of Christ has washed us clean and uh, where, where he died in our place so that we can be forgiven. Let us also reflect on the fact that Jesus walked out of his own decision, walked willingly his death. He walked willingly to be crucified because of his love for us. And 
as we were commanded, as it says, that we should walk in love. This is what obedience is, is to walk in love. Jesus was the perfect example of that, of walking in love. Uh, as we have uh, the, the bread and the fruit of the vine now, let's reflect on that, that uh, Jesus walking to his death was a walk of love. And let that inspire us to, to walk in love in the same way. Let's pray. Dear God, Heavenly Father, uh, Father, we thank you so much that Jesus walked in a way of love that uh, is a, an amazing example for all of us, that's inspiring to all of us, God, and that he was willing to walk to his own death so that we can be forgiven. Thank you for that, God. Father, please help us to also walk in the way of love like Jesus did. Please help us to persevere in walking with you. Thank you, God, that when we walk with you and we walk in the way of the cross, that we can find forgiveness. And that uh, as we have this bread and wine, it is a reminder of, of your incredible mercy and love and forgiveness, God. Father, please forgive us our sins, God. Wash us clean. And thank you that you are a merciful and a forgiving God. Father, please bless this uh, bread in our bodies and bless the, the fruit of the vine in our bodies as we have it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.